0: You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine, produced in cooperation with AMDA and sponsored by Forest Pharmaceuticals. Your host is Dr. Eric Tangalos, professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and a certified medical director in long-term
1: care. What unique challenges can caring for a patient with a psychiatric condition in the long-term care setting present? Joining us to discuss psychiatric diagnosis and treatment in long-term care medicine is Dr. Lori Bright-Long, Clinical Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at State University of New York Stony Brook, Medical Director of Maria Regina Residence in Brentwood, and Psychiatric Consultant at the Long Island State Veterans Home. Welcome Dr. Bright-Long.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, we're delighted. Uh, let's go right into this. This is an interesting topic and how is psychiatric diagnosis and treatment in long-term care medicine unique?
0: It's unique because we have not only a huge spectrum of residents in long-term care, we have youthful residents who come in with multiple medical issues, we have elderly patients who come with not only perhaps psychiatric history, but medical, functional decline, and perhaps cognitive decline. And they're in their home now. So we have to incorporate an entire milieu and develop an environment that nurtures not only the person's mental health, but their physical health and their functional health, and their cognitive abilities. So that's one unique challenge, just the diversity of the population. Then the next is, is making sure that we have a staff that is understanding of the psychosocial issues associated with people being in a nursing home environment and struggling with the disease processes that brought them to the, the nursing home. And then we have the regulatory and financial issues uh, associated with long-term care. Nursing home industry, as you know, is really um, second only to the nuclear regulatory agency, and we still have bigger regulatory books <laughs> than they do. So we have, to, we have to understand the kinds of regulations that also speak to the, the whole long-term care treatment as well as mental health treatment in the nursing home.
1: We have not spent a lot of time on this program talking about the diversity of residents that might show up in long-term care, and you've now brought up the younger patient. Uh, explore with us and the audience how this group is unique, where they fit in, and do they actually exist within Facilities that actually take care of a lot of older population as well.
0: No, I'm so glad that you asked that question because I have a just the most wonderful geriatric psychiatry fellow this year, and matter of fact, that was her research topic, looking at the difficulties of addressing that younger resident. And when we're talking about a, a younger resident, certainly some facilities, and I'm not going to talk about the pediatric facilities at all. But but those facilities that, that accept people from the age of 18 on, they come, one, with catastrophic illnesses. Yes, we do see multiple sclerosis. We see people who have had strokes at, at early age, cardiovascular disease. And we certainly do see the ALS patient who is younger than the, than the traditional geriatric patient in the, the nursing home. And we see the catastrophic residents, the traumatic brain injury from motor vehicle accidents. And they bring with them, one, healthy bodies, often fighting catastrophic illness, and they come with the issues that, that brought them to their catastrophic illness. So we see a lot more substance abuse in that population. We see that they have many more adjustment issues associated with blending into a nursing home environment. And we're just really doing a case study on, on one of our younger veteran residents who ended up in the nursing home with a, a CVA secondary to a drug overdose. And so we have many pre-morbid psychiatric issues to, to deal with on top of the whole cognitive and functional issues associated with his medical illness.
1: Our audience is pretty well attuned at most facilities to deal with uh, stroke patients, but some of these catastrophics, including the traumatic brain injury, seem to require special attention. Can you further discuss that with us?
0: opportunity of working in a long-term care facility that had a 20-bed traumatic brain injury unit. And so we were seeing not only stroke victims, but primarily accident victims. And the point is that any time that that brain, you know, starts moving around in that skull, that frontal lobe is just so very sensitive injury. So not only do we have the motor issues that we may have to be dealing with and functional decline, but we often have significant affective symptoms associated with frontal lobe damage as well as those insight and judgment issues that go along with frontal lobe damage. And really, most difficult residents to deal with because they really have no ability to develop that, that insight structure that is necessary for really good rehabilitation. Because they don't have a problem. Why do I need to do what you're asking me to do? So they are extremely difficult. And I think of all the patients, those are the ones that typify that need for that, that very solid interdisciplinary Approach. You know, everybody who deals with that that resident needs to be on that same psychological, psychiatric page from the certified nursing assistants knowing what limits are being set and what the treatment plan is for that individual all the way you know, to the attending physician and, and the consultants.
1: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Dangalos, and joining me to discuss psychiatric diagnosis and treatment in long-term care medicine is Dr. Lori Bright-Long, Clinical Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at State University of New York-Stony Brook, Medical Director of Maria Regina Residence in Brentwood and Psychiatric Consultant at the Long Island State Veterans Home. Well, crosswalk us right over to the behavioral displays we see with all of the Alzheimer's patients we have in long-term care. And again, the focus right now is on that frontal lobe, what it does, what it doesn't do, and how you need to be explicit in the programming at a facility-wide level to get the job done right.
0: When I give those lectures to community and to nursing home staff, I talk about that that frontal lobe as being the Jiminy Cricket lobe. That's the part of the brain that keeps us from doing and saying what we really want to do and say most of our lives. And we know that even healthy frontal lobes can be disinhibited with extreme emotion as well as toxic substances. So one too many adult beverages can get some people to fall asleep, some people to dance on the table very happily, and some people become incredibly irritable and nasty. So very first, I have people recognize that this may be a real exaggeration of who this person has been all their life, particularly when we're talking about the person with dementia, that personalities do change in some Individuals, But often what we see is the real solidification of, of a personality or the fact that they've been very good at filtering that frontal lobe all their life and then without that filter in the face of dementia, now we see a person who is a real caricature often of, of who they've been in their adult life premorbidly. So it's really focusing on who that person was, how, how really getting the family to let us know how did they cope in the past what coping skills did they use how did you know how did family talk dad into doing things when when he didn't want to before when before his dementia
1: we've talked about the alzheimer's patient and their frontal releases as well and now we bandy about the term frontal temporal dementia as well any specific comments about that entity or, or in general with regards to Alzheimer's patients and their dementia and frontal lobe release?
0: Well, I think that in all dementia processes, each person is their own dementia process. So even though we can draw some similarities from individual to individual, everybody is the same because they, they bring a whole lifetime to their, their process. But I think every dementia finds that they're at some point in the process, their frontal lobe is affected. Now, within frontotemporal dementias, and we're becoming pretty, uh, much more sophisticated now in talking about those frontotemporals and understanding that there are multiple presentations, people who have the very specific behavioral deficits very early on, in the absence of functional and or even memory, major memory decline. Then there are the people who have motor and language problems early on in the course of their, their illness along that basal or striad. So the point is that we recognize that that frontal lobe is so rich in neurotransmitters, and yet we have found that the traditional treatments that we have used for our Alzheimer patients may not be as useful so that that the the cholinergic enhancers do not seem to be typically as, as good for the behavioral in deficits that we see in the, the frontotemporal.
1: Lori, let's talk about psychopharmacology in the highly regulated environment we have in nursing homes. How do physicians decide when and what medicines to use?
0: I have to say that if we really step back and look at the regulations. If an individual is practicing good geriatric medicine, good geriatric psychiatry, the regulations really shouldn't make us chafe too much. The regulations tell us that, as we know, there are no medicines that are really identified as being perfect for the neurovegetative and neuropsychiatric symptomatology of dementia. What piece is sometimes left out is that monitoring and seeing as we're treating with these medicines, what are we doing in the way of environmental and individual behavioral intervention.
1: I would like to thank my guest from the State University of New York, Stony Brook, Dr. Lori Bright-Long. Dr. Bright Long, thank you very much for being our guest this week on Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine. Thank you. You've been listening to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine from
0: ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine is produced in cooperation with AMDA and sponsored by Forest Pharmaceuticals. For more information about this or any other ReachMD radio show, please visit ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening.
2: After a lifetime of creating memories, there's something that lurks in the darkness, Alzheimer's disease. When it advances, it's hard to slow, and each day that symptoms are ignored, the disease steals a piece of those memories away. To shed the light necessary to get patients the treatment they need, it takes the vigilant eye of a caring physician and the best pharmacotherapy choices available. Visit allscombo.com and listen to a webcast by respected long-term care authority Dr. Richard Stefanacci of the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia. This webcast will discuss a landmark NIH-sponsored study that supports the rationale for using memantine and an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor in combination. Learn more about a landmark NIH-sponsored study examining combination therapy titled Combination Therapy Offers Benefits for Patients with Alzheimer's Disease in an engaging webcast at alzcombo.com. That's A-L-Z-C-O-M-B-O dot com. Namenda, memantine hydrochloride, is indicated for the treatment of moderate to severe Alzheimer's disease. Namenda is contraindicated in patients with known hypersensitivity to memantine hydrochloride or any excipients used in the formulation. The most common adverse events reported with Namenda versus placebo, greater than or equal to 5% and higher than placebo, were dizziness, confusion, headache, and constipation. In patients with severe renal impairment, the dosage should be reduced. For full prescribing information, go to Namenda.com.